Welcome to the Crazy Ike Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Teddy. No matter where you are, <clears throat> thanks for making this part of your day. Thanks for taking a listen. Please subscribe and rate the podcast if you can. That way you can get us more followers, more listeners. Like my Facebook page, Crazy Ike Fan. On Twitter at Crazy Ike Fan. And on Instagram at Crazy Ike Fan. <clears throat> Hope everyone's doing well. Hope everyone's having a good week. Enjoying this uh, midweek European football so, I don't even know where to start, man. Oh, gosh. <clears throat> now that it's been a few days, I've kind of taken a step back and tried to kind of digest what happened in the derby against Panathinaikos. <clears throat> of course, as most of you know, we lost 2-1, to one, as I predicted. Uh, not that we would lose, but I predicted the scoreline would go 2-1 to one to either team. And... Also, as I predicted, Olympiacos dropped some points against Volos. So you guys need to take a listen to me when I make these predictions. And please, guys, this is a full disclaimer. Do not, do not bet these games. <laughs> do not bet on these scorelines or these games, please. This isn't for betting. This is just, you know, for me to put out my opinion and what's going to happen out there. All right, so let's get to it, guys. Um, so I did have... A halftime rant because I just needed to get it out of me recorded but I decided not to keep it and post it honestly it was just a little too high emotional a lot of f-bombs I want that I want you guys to see that emotional side of me the frustration it's part of the reason why I started this podcast but I feel like I went a little too overboard I will try to do that again at some point. I just feel like this game, it, it, and I'm sure all Ike fans feel the same thing. And you guys saw my tweets probably during the game. I feel like I just needed to tone it down just a little bit. I feel like I went a little too overboard and a little too crazy. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I will start off with giving a little bit of a rant, giving you guys a background on how I watched the game and what was happening at that time. So I went out west on a business trip and took my family with me and decided after the game, you know, it was over full time. Of course, I was feeling very, very frustrated, especially how we played in the second half. And I'll go over some of that later, obviously. So I was like, you know what? This is my last holiday of the summer let me just uh, let me just kind of get this out of my mind and relax and whatnot so that's what I did I was like okay not gonna think about it not gonna listen to the radio tonight I couldn't anyways because I was either working or with family so we get on a flight to come back we had a, a, a decent enough flight flying from west to east here in the states so I said before the flight, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna download uh, Sport FM. If you guys don't know, if you're if you're Greek speakers and listen to Sport FM, I know it's on Apple Podcasts, but they uh, they put all their shows on in podcast format, which is really nice for like if there's a certain person you like to listen to, and maybe it's during the middle of the night, like me, like when when you're sleeping, or if you're in Australia, I know the time difference, but anyway. So I was like, okay, I'm going to download the episode that 
where they have a few reporters talking about the game and then they put fans on the show. Kind of paint this picture. So I first started listening to it. I was like, whatever, you know, I can listen to banter. I can... It's honestly, it's like a guilty pleasure of mine. I'm not going to lie. It, like, it's inner... It sucks because it's entertaining when your team is not doing well. It's frustrating, obviously, as a fan. The fan side of me hates that. But as far as an entertainment, it's pretty fun to listen to all these fans, no matter what team you support. But anywho, so I decided to um, take a listen. And here comes the rant. The first person that uh, came on with this recording was... Mr. Nikola Yanis, which those of you that listen to the radio know he's a Panathinaikos reporter for Sport FM. The guts on this guy, it like hits such a nerve really bad. I wanted to punch the freaking seat in front of me on the airplane. If there, if there was no one sitting in front of me, I would have punched the seat a few times and just pretended like I was having anxiety with flying because he came on and said... And I'm paraphrasing here, don't remember word for word, but it was something along the lines of, we all have eyes, we all saw what happened. I don't understand why all these fans, all these Ike fans are up in arms over what happened. Well, Mr. Nicola Giannis, because we've lived through a lot of things in Greek football, just like your, just like your club. Okay, the penalties are completely objective. I've heard people from outside of Greek football that I've talked to, that I've showed the plays to, to, you know, even Ike fans. Some Ike fans agreed that they were both penalties. Some Ike fans agreed that they were both not penalties and really upstanding reporters of Ike that agree that they're both not penalties. My personal opinion on it, I think the first one is a penalty. I think, well, let's, let me backtrack. I think they're both soft penalties. I th- I believe that the first one is a penalty because Hadzi Safi is clearly kind of walk, uh, falling back and just feels the tug and just tries to sell the the freaking <clears throat> the, the offensive foul and just fails miserably at it. So of course now the rule in I think I don't know if it's a Greek league rule or the rule in Europe in general is that it doesn't matter if your hands are up, it doesn't matter if it, you know, if it hits the hand, basically it's, it's a penalty. Um, the second one, I mean, guys, I just watched a freaking Mr. Nicolaganis. I just watched a Champions League game yesterday where something similar happened. Two players tussled in the box and there was no penalty given. You can't, there was two players that were going towards the ball and they were, both hit each other. But Mr. Nicolini, the guts on you to come out and say that about Ike fans, to come out and maybe it's because, is it, you know, are you, are you butthurt because people are calling you, you know, like I, like I said on Twitter that I was calling, is green the new red? Or are you pissed off because there's pictures surfacing of Mr. Marinakis and Mr. Alafuzos being buddy-buddy? Now, I understand from one perspective, Mr. Nicolaganis, that Mr. Alafuzo signs your paycheck at Sport FM. So you got to do what you got to do to feed your family, man. I understand most of these reporters don't make a lot of money. So you got to do what you got to do, man. But at the same time, come on, man. You can't come out and say something like that. 
to say to attack an entire fan base and say we all have eyes we all saw what happened i don't understand both of those were clear-cut penalties are you freaking kidding me they were not clear-cut penalties my opinion again like i i said my piece on it you know but he really just freaking hit a nerve with me on that and so i just had to get that out of me man because it was just he was just being a complete jerk on the radio but is he is he just ashamed that of the way they won because personally like someone uh, I was talking to Panathinaikos a friend of mine and he asked me he said honestly like if the roles were reversed how would you feel about it I said I would be happy don't get me wrong I'm not telling you not to be happy and in full disclosure I think speaking about on the pitch play, but I think I deserved to win. They had more chances. Um, but as we saw, I mean, they, Panathinaikos played better in the first half, honestly, and Ike was leading 1-0. That's not, that's not abnormal in football. I mean, just because, you know, one team has more chances than the other. I've talked about this before. It's one of the things that we love about football. But, and my, my friend asked me, he's like, you know, how would you feel about it? Well, I, then I, and Completely, yeah, maybe, I don't know, guys. Like, you can't put me in that position because I would probably feel the same way. I know to some people, Hedgesefi was clearly fouled. Or to some people, on the second penalty, the the foul was outside of the box. That's just a matter of opinion. I don't care who says otherwise. It's just, you know, but the facts are facts that both penalties were given. It's a crappy way to lose a game. It's, I mean, these foreign refs that we keep bringing in, I don't want to backtrack because I know last week I, I ranted about uh, Sidiropolo was going to referee the game originally. But these referees from Bulgaria, from other, from other countries, if you're going to bring in refs, bring in refs from reputable countries, bring in refs from the Netherlands, bring in refs from England, bring in refs. I don't want no, no offense to anybody from Eastern Europe, but I don't want Ukrainian refs. I don't want Bulgarian refs. I don't want Estonian refs. Quite frankly, because I don't trust them. Um, so it's just a joke to me that you... We make all this facadilla about the refs, and then they, they bring the and then they do this. Where I was going with that was, you're gonna give Pineda a yellow card for celebrating a goal where he didn't take his shirt off. All right, let's slow it down for a second. All right, now I'm gonna get <clears throat> into the game. So first half, in the beginning, Bao. Panathinaikos started pressuring Ike. Uh, again, Zavellas, man. I keep trying to defend this guy, but I, I don't understand why this guy's still playing. I don't understand if um, Harold is not ready yet or why not give Mitoglu a chance. I mean, every single freaking game, it's like the guy does it on purpose. He has a blunder. He plays great the rest of the game. I'll give you that. And maybe that's what the, the manager sees in training. 
but he has a blunder that almost cost Nike, and eventually it's going to cost us. I mean, there's no way you can't just give away the ball like that and expect someone to eventually not score. It's it's going to happen. <sighs> Both teams, I feel like, again, this, these are all opinionated. I've heard different breakdowns of the game where I kind of don't agree. Um... Both teams were kind of sluggish in the midfield. Both teams were kind of high-pressing each other. Uh, besides, you know, in the first part of the first half, besides Jonsson, I really didn't see much else for Mike. Uh, it sucks that he got injured. The injury came out that it's not serious, but he's not going to, he was most likely not going to play against Panathinaikos this weekend. So that's a major loss for Ike because he has undoubtedly been our best midfielder in that in that midfield spot. Um, not, you know, obviously Pineda scored goals, but as far as a, both being a good defensive midfielder and being able to distribute the ball, he's been our best midfielder so far this season. So it's going to suck that we're going to have to lose him for the next game because Barantelicos, I really think, is going to be a, a tough... It's going to be a tough game. Uh, it was nice to see Ike scoring from open play what a great game what a great goal my Pineda what can you say about the quality of this guy I can't you know again I'm gonna rave about him um probably the rest of the season on the other hand the penalties kind of took Ike out of the game in my opinion it was a combination I feel like of the penalties bad calls like the Pineda getting a yellow card I think Right after the second penalty, if I'm not mistaken, two out of four of our defensive players had yellow cards. So how are you going to be more aggressive? Um, second half, Ike pressed the score in the beginning of the second half. Um, I think it was around the 60th minute. And I saw this, guys. And sometimes you kind of get this premonition especially when you've watched football for so long that you're like, what in the world is the manager doing? And that's what I thought when he took out all those players and left us with no defensive midfielder. And, you know, I don't want to pick on Mandalos, but honestly, Mandalos is, he's not a good defensive player. He's not a good defensive midfielder when he plays in that role. And that's just, that's been his career. I really, about... Panathinaikos honestly deserved to get a third goal, in my opinion. I don't think it's as crazy as I've seen Panathinaikos post on Facebook and, you know, when they've heard Ike fans complain about the penalties and whatnot, that they've said, oh, we should have won, you know, 6-7-1. No, man, that's not... that. You should have gotten at least one goal after that because we were susceptible to the counter. Uh, Panathinaikos was giving us the ball... And it was so frustrating. I mean, I know we had two pretty good chances, but we were not pressuring. We were not pressuring at all. It was like there was no urgency in the team. There was no intensity in the team. But I thought that was giving us the ball simply because they were getting tired. And I'll get into this a little bit later because um, I didn't mention this, but I'm going to try to do all in one podcast today. I'm going to do a uh, wrap up this Ike Panathinaikos, give you guys my thoughts, uh, a very, very little on the, obviously the, how the Euro League went. Not EuroLeague, I'm sorry, the, <clears throat> the Eurobasket went. And then uh, preview this coming weekend in Greek football. Cause, simply because I just don't know if I'm going to have time to put on another podcast before the weekend. So, 
I don't see it, man. And then, you know, people are kind of praising Hajisafi, saying he, he did a great job. And then Palacios really didn't have any opportunities until Hajisafi came off the game, off, off the pitch and Muhammadi went in. I've been harping on this, guys, and I'm so pissed off that as of right now, as of today, today's the training, de uh, the deadline in Greece, September 15th. We haven't signed another left back. And, and I I kind of have to, like, I want to pull my hair out when I heard Ike reporters earlier today speaking of there's no talks of us signing any type of left back. In my opinion, we at least need a left back. Um, there was talks today, breaking news, that Pablo Fernandez refused to go to Pauk. So s supposedly he signs with Ike and he will be joining in January. Which at first, I kind of looked at my phone and I was like, WTF, you know, why are we signing another offensive weapon? Uh, long term, I think it makes sense when I really, really sat down and thought about it. Long term, it makes sense because who will easily be able to move on from Amrabat next year? I don't see Amrabat being on past this, at least the summertime. And... Um, so I think it's a good signing as far as the future is concerned. But right now, I because I know what's going to happen. We're going to start screwing up again in games. And all you're going to hear from Ike reporters, not to pick on them, or Ike fans in general, oh, we, we, need, we need help on that left side. We need a left back. We need a left back. And another thing that I'm sick of, why are we playing players out of position? This has been a frustrating freaking thing with this club the past few years is that we got Gatsinovic, for example, for the midfield. And we haven't played him once in the midfield. If he doesn't get a shot, if Steven Zubat is ready to go this weekend, which he's still questionable, if he doesn't get a shot at playing midfield, I'm going to pull my freaking hair. <laughs> if Gatsinovich doesn't get a chance to play midfield, I'm going to pull my freaking hair out. Uh, like I said, second half, really no urgency. Levy Garcia had a free header in the box, couldn't put it away. That was Probably the biggest moment. I think um, Araujo missed a chance before that too. So losing the derby 2-0. Um, final thoughts on this. It's frustrating, man. Losing another derby. It's just, it's like, can we can we get a win? You know, our derby record the past few years has been atrocious. Uh and just in general, going back to last year, I mean, if you really want to put it against the top-tier clubs, we've only, I mean, the last, I forget how many games, we've only beaten Adis. That's it. And then even against, you know, even lower teams like Ofi, who was doing really good last year, and Yanana, that was doing really good last year, we barely had wins against them. So, I mean, the offense... I don't understand. I don't understand why we have such quality up front. And even reporters from rival teams will admit, like, I have such quality up front. Why we can't put anything together? Why we can't create? Why were we not pressuring the heck out of Panathinaikos in that game in the second half? It was just like the ball was going back and forth as if, like, why? why is there no creativity? And why isn't... I'm going to put this on the manager. Why isn't the manager creating plays or cr doing something to 
to make art more creative up front. It's just very frustrating and really, really concerning. Um, defensively, I mean, we've looked okay. I mean, in four games, we've conceded, what, two goals now? No, three goals, which isn't good. It isn't terrible. I mean, listen, two of those three goals, though, are from the spot. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, today, I heard that, you know, Sidibe could possibly play in that left-back role. But once again, just because a player's played in that role before does not mean that we should play him in that role. His best games are on the right. I just, I, I really want to see this, this reshuffling and playing players out of position to really stop at this club. And I don't know how to stop the bleeding in, 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 in Derby's anymore. Um, I don't feel like Almeida was that outmanaged. I did like the risk factor in a way of him, what he did to take out both defensive midfielders and put more attacking players in. That shows that he's not afraid, that he's out there to try to get a result. <clears throat> I like that. I think if this team hopefully finally starts clicking, that that's a good mentality to have, but we're just not clicking offensively to, to be able to do that. And I also feel like it was way too early. I think you should have waited till about maybe the 75th minute to do that because we opened up, man. We opened up, and my fear was when I saw that first Panathinaikos uh, uh, chance that hit hit the crossbar, hit the post, I forget which one, I was like, oh, great, here we go. If one of those goes in, I could, you know. It, it almost paid off in the end because we did have two great chances at the end of the game, but... I feel like it did nothing. It didn't create. It took a midfielder. It took your best midfielder out of the game. A midfielder that could have created a little more uh, in Jonsson. Um, and put a player like Mandalos in that, like we said, does not have good defensive attributes. So I would have waited and made those moves around like the 75th minute. Just kind of towards the end of the game to make that last push. Uh, Araujo again looked out of place. I don't know. No one has asked yet. No one has asked in a press conference if that's by design or if he's doing that on his own. My personal opinion is I think he's. that's by design. There's no way that Ameda being the smart football guy that he is, that he's going to keep Araujo in and tell him to keep pulling back or that Araujo is going to do that on its own without having orders from the manager to do so. So, um, you know, I'll preview the Panathinaikos game here in a little bit. Uh, let me see if there's anything else I want to say about the Derby. It just sucks. It put me, like, in a really crappy mood. Like I said, I went off. I, to any Panathinaikos fans listening to this, not that I really want to apologize, but If the roles were reversed, like my friend asked me, yes, I'd be happy to get a Derby win finally, to finally get this monkey off our back with losing in Lofotos or losing against Panathinaikos as a home team for a very long time. But I would be hesitant about how I won. I would be like, I'd, 
I'd rather not, not that I would take a loss, but I would hate to win that way. Um, on the other hand, it looks like Olympiacos are in really, really big trouble. Looks like Gorbenan's days there are numbered. Maybe might not even make it past tonight, honestly. So, like I said before, Panathinaikos being in the lead, some people think Panathinaikos is going to get better and it's going to keep moving forward. For me, honestly, it could go either way. I don't mind Panathinaikos being six points. Not that I don't mind, but you guys understand what I'm saying. Like Panathinaikos being ahead six points is different from, let's say, if Olympiacos was in that position. Uh, there's still a lot of ground to make up. Um, the problem is now is you didn't get this victory or at least get the tie to where you could keep it close to the next few games that you have before another Derby. I think in two or three matches we play Aris, if I'm not mistaken. If we if we don't get six points in the next two games and then go in and beat Aris, then the season could possibly be over. I mean, I just talked about Corberan's, uh being in the hot seat and possibly being out of the Libacos as we speak. I think, and I hate to say this because I know I've preached patience, and if it was up to me personally, I would still keep Almeida. But if Almeida doesn't get a win against Panatolikos, I honestly don't see how you bring him back. I think the right and smart move would be to bring him back because... We have to kind of start thinking more logical as, as football fans. And I know that's hard to do sometimes. And I mean, look, you see how crazy football fans are around the world. And I, and I, me personally, I believe Greek football fans are some of the craziest. But we also have to take a step back and think to ourselves, like, this team needs some type of continuity. It needs, we need to have a manager for a full season. Whether we finish first with that manager or fifth, Let's keep the guy for a full season and then just go from there. Because if we start this coaching carousel again, it's not going to... It's just going to keep sending the team back. Like, we're not going to see... You're not, you can't... In my opinion, this team is still not a team as far as a unit. So you're not going to see a big difference if... Whoever walks through that door, if, if Mourinho walks through that door, a big-time manager walks through that door you're not going to get the results you want yet. So why not just keep this guy? Let's see how he does. I mean, at least, for God's sakes, keep him to Christmas. But, in my heart of hearts, if something happens in in, in Agrino, and God forbid, let's say we lose, I I don't see how you keep him around. Honestly, I think the, the fan, you're going you're gonna to definitely hear it from the fans in that first game, uh, official game in, in Philadelphia. So, all right, let me move on from that because I still got a little bit of stuff to get to. Um, Eurobasket. Honestly, my thoughts on this. Didn't watch the game against the Czech Republic because, honestly, my focus was somewhere else. I was watching the Dead It sucked that both of those games were on at the same time, basically. We got the win against the Czech Republic. And then, actually, uh, my flight was leaving right at halftime. And I saw Germany was playing as well. At halftime, high-scoring game, which I thought was going to help us. Uh, I did think we needed to clamp down defensively and that we needed to have some better offensive possessions in the first half. 
But I was, you know, I was semi-confident going in. And then, man, first thing I did when we land, when we landed, I pulled out my phone and I quickly Googled to see who won the game. And I saw, like, it was... No, actually, I didn't do that. I'm sorry. I Googled it so I could see the box score. An alert came through my watch that said a uh, Greek tragedy in Germany. And uh, it was terrible. You know, without watching these games and really I you know I think it's a failure because like I said this team should at least have made the semis of this tournament um and without being able to break it down because like I said I didn't watch the last two games against Czech Republic and Germany my thoughts on this are that the pressure just got to the team you could tell I mean when I was listening to the to the the Sport FM uh, podcast. They also talked about the basketball game, obviously, of course. And the reporter that was there for the, the basketball game said that the team had a lot of, uh, had a lot, was playing with a lot of stress and anxiety. So they looked very worried. They looked very uncomfortable during that game. Um, so that's my thoughts on that. I think that, uh, uh, the pressure just got to the team. Hopefully, I don't know what the next tournament is. This is something they can build on. We'll start to see better days again in Greek basketball. Let's move on from that. Um, some notes on before I get into the Panathinaikos game. Panathinaikos Ike in Agrinho. Excuse me. Uh, Jonsson, like I said, most likely is going to be out. They won't risk playing him again. Araujo. Also, it's it's going to be very questionable on if him and Zuber can can play. Of course, that's that sucks that these players might not play, but that's what's nice about having a deep bench, and that's why I ultimately believe that you know I think Panathinaikos are on a, a good track, and I know their fan base is very excited about them making a push for the title, but. I also think one thing that's going to hurt them, unless they build on it, that they don't have any depth yet that the other teams seem to have. Now, obviously, I can only are kind of still really trying to find themselves. Bauker just, Bauker at least getting results. Um, but with all that being said, like I said, I think it's going to be hard for, I, th- I think we can find replacements for these players right now to play on Saturday. Uh, there's no need to say it. I mean, this is a must win. This is a game you have to win this game. You have to... I, Like I said, this is without me having any knowledge of this, but I do think Almeida's in the hot seat. Uh, I would be surprised if we get a bad result in Agrinho if he's fired, but it wouldn't shock me. Uh, knowing the way things go in Greek football and knowing how disappointed the fan base would be. And especially if we don't, like, there's different ways to lose. That That's what was frustrating was it wasn't just the penalties that hurt us against Panathinaikos, but we, we, didn't, we didn't play our best game. We didn't, we didn't pressure them. We created very few chances. 
our midfield seemed like at times, especially in the first half, we couldn't hold on to the ball. That's because Panathinaikos was pressing us very well. Uh, Ovanovic, who in, who in my opinion was a great manager, and I think he, before he took the Panathinaikos job, we had tried to get him. But again, look at, <clears throat> this is what I'm trying to stress, look at Jovanovic last year, and Panathinaikos had 10 losses. I mean, yes, at the end of the day, they were able to make it to European football, and he was able to build season by season. We need that, guys. We need we need a manager that's going to stick around. Um, I hate to keep harping on that and keep talking and keep wasting time talking about that, but that's my feeling is that we need to give this guy time as long as we're seeing improvement. Now, that's been the hard part, and that's why I'm saying that he might end up losing his job because... I don't see a lot of I don't see us improving game by game. Now it might take time. He did completely change his tactics. He did go from you know that 352 or whatever you, whatever that formation with 3 at the back that he was playing before. He did change that and then um and now he's been playing with 4 at the back, so it might take time for him to figure things out. But unfortunately, we we don't have time. We've played four games and had two losses. Like I said, it would not be so bad if that, that game from against Volos honestly really, really cost us. Um, simple as that. Not, it wasn't just the this, this uh, derby loss that hurt us. But let me move on really quickly. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to go through, <clears throat> talk about the top five clubs and who they're playing. Obviously, I've covered Ike, Panathinaikos and Ike, and then I'll give you my predictions for this coming weekend amongst the other top five, and also just for just for the heck of it, I'm going to give my predictions on the other games too this week, just by looking at it on paper. All right, so Panathinaikos is going to play Pasiana, an improved Pasiana team that got their first win last week. Uh, they're flying a little high after their win against Livadiacos. My prediction for this... Okay. <laughs> My prediction for this game is... I think Panathinaikos win, but I think they win a little more difficult than what people think. I think they eke out another victory at 1-0 or could possibly drop their first points of the season. I could really see... As a manager, I don't really see Jovanovic not having these players ready to go, but oftentimes after teams play big matches and big deadbies, you kind of have that, that letdown. Lucky for them, they're also playing at home again. I feel like, honestly, I would really see this as like a dark horse match or a match where uh, Pasiana could get something out of it if it was in Yanana, but I'm pretty sure they're playing in Laforos. So I think Manathanecos win. It wouldn't surprise me to see a draw, but I don't see how they drop all three points in this game. I think they'll at least pick up one point, if not all three. Um, Alfie host Pauk. This game's a big question mark because Pauk hasn't played well. Again, I feel like they're going to get the result. And this is what's frustrating with Ike is we're not playing well, but we're not getting results that we need. Um... At the same time, Ofi are very, very desperate. They need something. They need something to uplift their fan base. They need something to to get their season rolling because I feel like as they drop more and more points that um, 
that relegation zone starts to become a reality for the Cretans. So let's see what happens. But I don't think Balk lose this game or drop points. I believe Ophir in real big trouble. With the form that Balk has had, though, it wouldn't surprise me if they dropped points here. And then big... The big match of the of the weekend is Adi's host Olympiacos. This is going to be big. Uh, if Corbran is still there, I'm actually recording this not to take a jab at Olympiacos fans after their three 0 defeat in Karaskaki against Freiburg. Um, that's why I keep saying that if Corbran is still there, because I don't know yet what the fallout's going to be with that. Um, Addis need this game to put themselves back on the map. And then I feel like if they can win this game, it would, in my eyes, put them back in that contender category. Right now, I don't have Addis in the contender category because they've been so inconsistent in their last few results. Uh, an inconsistent play. But... You know, Olympiacos are reeling right now. Corberan, if he's still there, he's definitely 100% playing for his job on Sunday. If Olympiacos don't win this game and he's still there, I don't see how he's still there after this game. Um, so th this game's going to be... Emma Gamos, uh, I really feel like this is going to be something to watch this weekend. Uh High-flying Atromitos are facing La Mia. I see Atromitos getting this win here. They've been playing really good football lately. <clears throat> uh, Asteras, I think, are going to get the win in Livadia. Livadia, unfortunately, if, I feel like they're going to be one of those teams that could possibly go back down. And Iwanikos are really struggling. And they host Volos, who has been getting better and better with each game. I see Volos also picking up all three points here. But then again, when these, like, I hate to use the term smaller clubs play each other, you don't know what could happen, you know? I mean, but it should be an interesting week in Greek football because a lot of points are needed. Uh, let's see how Panathinaikos deals with the pressure of being number one and having their, their fan base all jacked up about, you know, we're going to win the championship and this and that. Uh, because trust me, if they start to roll a little bit, not roll, I should say, start dropping points here and there, their fan base is going to be unforgiving, just like any other big fan base. Um, and uh, especially, let's see what's going to happen in that obviously backwards match. I didn't give the result of um, Panathinaikos hike. <sighs> this is hard for me to... I think we go in there and we get the victory. I think we go in there and we win either 2-1 or 2-0. Um, I don't see how we lose this game. There's just too much talent. But the Panathinaikos are playing with a lot of confidence. So any result there is not going to completely be shocking. It's a tough place to play. It's a place where Ike has had bad losses in the past. Um, again, the same thing with La Mia. And I think the club came out and made an announcement today that no organized groups of fans are going to be able to attend the match, but local fans might be able to. 
this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, and most of these quote-unquote smaller clubs, I don't understand why they don't just go ahead and give tickets to bigger clubs. I mean, most of your attendance sucks. No offense. I mean, Panathinaikos, they draw a pretty good crowd. But most of the attendance for some of these smaller clubs like Livadiakos, La Mia, uh, Volos especially, for God's sakes, Volos. Um, your attendance is horrible. Like, why not give some of those tickets to to, um, to some of the bigger signs where you know they're going to draw more crowds, both from your end and from the, from the, from the visiting end? Because most of the big clubs in Greece have big followings all over the place. So, you know, there's going to be, I know there's a huge Ike, um, there's a huge Ike fan club and a huge Ike presence in Aidenio. So, I just don't understand it. That's just like a few years ago when we played that game where we, um, where we're going to lift up the trophy and we offered to give our selling tickets to Apollo and I if they were willing to switch arenas with us. So if we were, instead of playing Apollo and I in, um, in their stadium, in the Irizopoli, for example, we would play the game in Oaka and all the proceeds from all the ticket sales, which of course would have been sold out because it would have been Ike's first championship in 24 years, would have gone to Apollona, but Apollona refused. So, but they still gave Ike, I don't know, they still gave Ike tickets and it was still like an Ike home game. And I never understood that. I, I don't know. I don't know, guys. Um, but I think we'll get the victory one way or another. Um, we have too much quality not to. If something ha- disastrous happens, I, you know, I hope it doesn't. But... It wouldn't shock me because the Panathinaikos team is playing good ball and Karelis has been on fire lately. So that's it for today, guys. Thanks for taking a listen. Again, subscribe and rate the podcast so we can get more content out there. This week, I will try my best to put out a podcast after the game. Uh, That's my promise to you guys. I will do my best. I can't foresee the future, how I'm going to feel later on that day or that night, Um, but hopefully I'll be able to, you know, put out some content right away, right after the game, Um, hopefully it's a good result for us, enjoy your weekend of football.